What is up, good people? Welcome to another episode of the I Thrive Podcast. Man, how you guys feeling? Good. I, I'm feeling good. I feel loose. I feel excited to talk to you guys today. Well, I want to welcome you. Um, my name is Trevor Woodward. I'm a health coach in the Atlanta area. And if you haven't tuned in with us before, then I just want to let you know that you know the, the basis of this podcast is, that, is to really share ideas, to share thoughts, beliefs, tips, tricks, tools, and really anything practical that you can put into practice in your life to become a thriving whole person. That's really why I'm here. And so I hope that's why you've joined in today is that there's something that you're looking for. You're, you're looking for uh, ways to, to live your life better, become the person that you were created to be. And if you've been with us so far, then you know that in episode one, we talked a little bit about my background, my history, some of my experiences and why I'm so passionate about health, about just being a thriving whole person. And in episode two, we talked about love and, and really how it's just the basis of, of so many good decisions in our life, specifically the decision to make ourselves a priority. We, we, we don't do that a ton. And so if any of that resonates with you, I encourage you to go back and listen to those episodes. But today I want to introduce our topic. Today we're going to talk about self-control. Ugh. <laughs> What does that bring up for you? When I say the word self-control, what does that, what does that make you feel? I, to be candid, self-control is really not a sexy topic to talk about. And I think it's typically because of how we frame the conversation around self-control. And so I'm going to ask you, don't move on to another podcast. Don't move on to another song or tune this out and shy away from this conversation because we're going to talk about self-control, maybe in a way that you've never heard it before. We're going to talk about it a little bit differently. And typically when we're talking about self-control, we're talking about discipline, right? Another uh, sort of cringe-worthy word. And we're usually talking about the ability to say no, right? Like, let's just think about it. We say things like, ugh, I shouldn't have had that donut. I have no self-control. Or maybe it's a relationship that we know we need to get out of, but just can't seem to tear away. And we blame it on self-control. How many, I'm so guilty of this, right? Or maybe it's a, maybe this word, self-control, maybe discipline, maybe these are trigger words. And, and sometimes it's just easier to shy away from these types of conversations. But I want to encourage you that this is not the conversation that you think it is. 100%. Discipline, the ability to say no, these are huge parts of self-control. That's why... The conversation typically revolves around these aspects of it. But I want to share with you some sides of self-control that we typically don't talk about. Just on its face, self-control is multifaceted, it's multidimensional, and if we really want to honor the word and embody all that self-control has for us, then we have to expand the conversation. So let's do that. So when I think about self-control, the essence of it is responsibility, right? Another maybe cringe-worthy word, but even more specifically, it's it's where we take responsibility for emphasizing our control. Let me distill it and try to make it even simpler. 
it's self-control is really talking about taking responsibility for actions and then the outcomes that are a result of those actions. And I want to submit to you that if you view control on a spectrum or if, if uh, the image of like a teeter-totter makes more sense, right? You've got two different sides to it that are constantly fighting for balance and that a healthy view of control is somewhere in the middle, then it must mean that there are two ditches, that there are two sides, there are two views of control. I think often we can underextend our control, underextend our self-control and take no responsibility for our actions. On the converse, we can overextend our control way beyond ourselves and try to control our environment around us or control the people that we do life with. And it just creates a lot of stress. It is entirely unnecessary because I don't know if you know this, but really all that we can control is ourselves. That's about it. The idea for this podcast came to me... um, is at a, a time in my life when there's just a lot of uncertainty, a lot of big, really good, but big life changes. And I was really trying to f- just, you know, trudge my way through it and, and figure out what my next steps were going to be with career. Uh, we were moving locations within the city and, and it was just a lot going on. And I constantly felt this pull around trying to control everything too much or not wanting to take responsibility for my actions. And it just, I was struggling with this idea of control. And it came to me in the car. I was, I was just driving back from a meeting and, and I felt a lot of peace just centering on the truth that all I can really control is myself. And so I started to explore this topic a little bit. And the first thing I started to explore was what it looks like to underextend self-control. What does that mean? So let's just start there. I think first I want to ask a question. Why would we not want to take responsibility for our actions or our decisions? And I'll just tell you what came up for me. Maybe this resonates with you, but I think often we fear failure and therefore avoid taking responsibility for our actions. Because if we made the decision or if we stepped out and did the thing and it failed, then it reflects back on us, right? And so we don't want to be responsible for the failure, and so we just don't do anything at all. We say, oh, that wasn't me. I was just doing what what he or she told me to do. Or, or, you know, we we just, we don't move forward. That was my story. We don't make the decisions our gut is telling us or think critically for ourselves about what outcomes we want in life. So we engage counselors, guides, wise teachers, which none of that's wrong at all. In fact, all of that is so good. I want you to hear me say that. But we neutralize our own voice in order to follow their voice. And in effect, we outsource our decisions to our parents, to our pastors, to friends, or that celebrity we follow on Instagram. We do what they do. And we try to force our story to become their story. We're like, this is what worked out for them. I'm just going to do that. And if it fails, I'll blame it on them because we're afraid of assuming the responsibility of failure because then what does that say about us? Does this sound like you? Has this ever been you? This has been me. I think what's interesting is that 
as young people, we're conditioned to do this more often than not, just as a product of our circumstances. I'm not blaming a system by any means. I'm not. I'm really, really, really not. But just think with me for a second. We're in school probably until 23 years old. If you go to a four-degree college and do everything on time, right? But so many of us are getting graduate degrees and staying in school for even longer. And even if you don't go to college after school, you're still spending 18 years of your life in an environment where most of your decisions are made for you. You go to school because you have to. You go to the classes that are block scheduled for you because someone else made that decision. Even the classes that you take, right? Like not even just the time, but the subjects and the the things that, the classes that roll up into your major when you get to college, like those are pretty much already chosen for you. And there's really only a handful of times within those first you know, 20 or so years where we actually get to exercise making big decisions for ourselves. And as a young person, that is often so muddled with what parents want us to do, with what friends are doing, with what we think we need to do from a cultural or societal perspective that we may actually feel like the decision is already made for us. And so we just do what everyone else is doing, or we do what we think we should do, or we do what our parents did. And none of that's wrong, but this can become a cycle. And unless we start exercising the muscle of making decisions for ourselves, we get into the, you know, quote, real world. You leave college, you just get into this expanse of time and realize, oh my gosh, I have 40 or 50 years in a career, in an industry that I choose. And now everything's, it seems like it's up to me. You know, no one's telling me when it's normal to leave my job. No one even tells me what job to take or when I should get married or who I should date or when I should have kids or how many kids I should have, where we should live, what house we should buy, when we should buy a house, right? Like it all of a sudden becomes decisions that you're making. And it can be very, very overwhelming if we don't have practice making these decisions. And sometimes we never get out of this cycle. We continue to outsource our decisions to the people around us, to the culture that we live in, until one day we wake up and realize that we're living someone else's life. This was my story. Sometimes it takes months, even years to occur. In the worst cases, it can take decades. How many of you have heard way too many midlife crisis stories where Someone gets towards the end of their career, they're in their 50s, and they're realizing, oh my gosh, I didn't, this is not the life I had envisioned for myself. Maybe, just a thought, but maybe this is in part due to the fact that we outsource our decisions because we're dealing with something more internal that's stopping us from taking responsibility for our actions in a good way, not a weighty way you know, in a, in a good way. And we wonder why we feel like we have no control over our life and feel trapped and lost. And I think part of our journey is learning how to move past fear, doubt, rejection, insecurity, and pretty much whatever else pops up and to take responsibility for our actions and to engage with the world around us and say, hey, I'm free to make these decisions. I'm free to be led to go where I think I'm supposed to go because I'm, I'm, I'm trusting that 
success is going to happen. I'm not going to ultimately experience complete and total failure. I'm not going to be controlled by fear. I think part of this journey is listening to your own voice and trusting yourself as an expert on your life. You know way more about you, probably, if you're self-aware at all, you know way more about you than anyone else around you does. Not your parents, not your pastor, not your friends. These people can absolutely call things out in you, but do not neutralize your own voice in order to appreciate theirs. And I think this is at the heart of the ditch of underextending our own self-control. Maybe you find yourself in this ditch right now, or maybe you found yourself there before, realizing that you're just, you're really doing what everyone else is telling you to do, and it's, it's not because it's actually the way you want to live your life, but it's the way you feel like you have to live your life because that's what works for them. It must be what is supposed to work for me, or maybe it's fear of failure. Maybe it's something else all entirely, but maybe this resonates with you. Now, it is possible to swing the pendulum too far in the other direction. On the other hand, we can overexert our control into things that we really don't have control over at all. I think we do this for a lot of reasons. Maybe we do this out of fear that if things are out of our control, then they're going to spiral into just endless chaos. It could be a trust issue. Maybe we don't think that other people can do things as good as we can, and so we just get in and we micromanage and we control and we, we boss around and we just we can't, we can't leave other people to, to do things for us or, in, or engage in, in their own work. It could be a patience issue. Maybe deep down we believe that other people are capable, very capable, in fact, but we do it faster, we do it better, and we're not willing to be patient for other people to get it. Maybe you're dealing with a paradigm that I'm the best and know what's best for the world, and I'm just going to try to strong arm everyone to come over to my side. Maybe it's more. I'm only mentioning a few reasons this might pop up, because these are the things that pop up for me. Maybe it's something else all entirely, but... Are you overexerting your control into things that you really don't have control over at all? Maybe we never consciously admit these things, but our behavior speaks loud and clear. The truth is, at the end of the day, we really only have control over ourselves. It's about it. Not your spouse, not the market, definitely not traffic. I'm like laughing when it comes to this one. And the thing is, is when we try to control these things that we can't, we just cause a crap ton of unnecessary stress in our life, right? Because then all the, we feel like we have it all together. We, We have this facade of control, this lie, this image of control. And then all of a sudden something happens and it shakes us up. Typically when something happens that we didn't plan for or want, It feels like life is just slapping us in the face to remind us that we're not in control. It freaks us out. We get angry. We get scared or frustrated or sad or depressed or anxious. But life has a way of waking us up to the fact that at the end of the day, all we can really control is ourselves. Let me ask you this. How much life would you gain if you didn't um, wear yourself thin by trying to control everything? Let me ask you this one more time. How much life would you gain if you didn't wear yourself thin by trying to control everything all the time? 
what would it look like for you to let go and to come to the realization that all you can really control is yourself and that that is actually okay. So maybe you find yourself in this ditch, right? This ditch of extending control way past yourself. And maybe your fight for a healthy, balanced view of control is to, to come at it from the other way. Maybe you're in both, right? I, I, don't, I don't think we have to exist in one ditch over the other. Maybe we favor one over the other. But I know for me, I can definitely exist in both, both of these ditches from time to time. But I just want to give you an example from my own life. I 100% came from the category of under-exercising self-control over my life. And I just want to share with you what that looked like for me. From a really young age, I, th- I mentioned this in the first episode, but from a really young age, I, I always wanted to do what I'm doing now, which is coaching people to thrive and to live the quality of life they know they deserve and creating meaningful content that empowers people. But as a result of some of the experiences um, I shared, again, this with you in the first episode, I chose to not value my own opinion for my life. So I shut up my own voice and I said, you know what? I'm just, I'm just going to do what other people think I should do. Or I'm going to do what everyone else does. I'm going to try that on for a little while because clearly me doing me <laughs> doesn't seem like it's working. Does, does you doing you work for any middle schooler? I don't know. Middle schooler is just kind of an awkward, it's an awkward time for everyone. <laughs> Wish I would have known that. But I stuffed my desire and I looked for other people to be my source of wisdom for what I should do with my life. And let me tell you, the people that I put myself around actually were very, very wise. Like that's no joke. But let me just give you some, a few examples of the things that I got advised to do. And this was specifically around career. Right, but this this could have been anything. This is all about career. I was told to be an accountant. Someone told me to do finance. Someone else told me I should nope, scrap that entirely and go into ministry. Someone told told me, eh, business degrees, yeah, you don't need that. Major in communications, which that actually might have been a good idea. Someone else told me I should be a teacher. I had someone else tell me. Uh, I should be an engineer. That would have been a train wreck. So glad I didn't listen to that. But these are just a few examples of some things that I got advised to do. And and I want to say these aren't like out-of-the-box recommendations. But you can see, as I just named six of them, you see how confusing this can be? I got five to ten different recommendations. All very valid and all very different. And these are just the ones that I can remember. See, most people give advice out of their own experiences. So you have to take that into context. I mean, I'm also giving you advice out of my own experience. I'm encouraging you to re-engage with your voice. Listen to it. But at the time, I just wasn't in a place to listen to my own voice. So I went to college. I got an undergrad and a master's degree in accounting for all the wrong reasons. Listen, I I genuinely wanted to be an accountant, but for all the wrong reasons, because it addressed the fear, the doubt, and the uncertainty that came with pursuing my own thing. And so me doing accounting was my way of underextending self-control over my life. I thought, you know what? I don't know, being a health coach, starting my own business, and 
creating content? Is anyone going to listen to me? Does anyone even care what I have to say? Am I going to be able to help anyone? I don't know. This isn't like that flashy of a career. I'm not going to have an office building to go to. And all the fear, all the uncertainty, my way of coping with it was just saying, you know what? I'm just going to focus on what someone else told me to do for my life. And it was a phenomenal suggestion. But it was it was me choosing to not listen to my own voice. Part of my growth and development in self-control has been taking responsibility for my own actions, my own decisions, and learning to re-engage with my voice. And I can promise you that already I've grown more and learned so much more about myself than I would have spending 25 years as at an accounting firm. And I'm having a freaking blast doing it because I'm engaging with my own voice, making decisions for myself. I'm not perfect by any means, and I'm still growing, but I've gained so much life. So this is my story. But maybe... Maybe yours is the opposite. You know, maybe you find yourself resonating with the other side of the stitch, saying, Trevor, I 100% try to control everything around me, everyone around me. It's how I cope. It's interesting. One of the biggest things that I see is that uncertainty has a, has a way of, of making us do crazy things. For me, coping with uncertainty meant shutting down my own voice and not really exerting much self-control at all. For you, maybe uncertainty has a way of, of making you feel like um, you can't trust yourself and that you can't handle what life throws your way. And so uncertainty calls you to con- try to control everything and everyone. Maybe you don't think that you're capable of dealing with it in a way that would actually bring any benefit to you. Maybe uncertainty means danger. And so you shut it down, you lock it down, you control everything in your environment so nothing surprises you. Here's the problem with that. Our brains are pretty interesting because we simultaneously crave both certainty and uncertainty. we got to have variety to keep us engaged and on our toes and to keep life interesting, but we also need routine and the security that our needs will be met. And so when you shut down uncertainty by trying to control everything in your environment, you reduce your life to becoming only routine and very one-dimensional. There's a word for that. And what word is that? Let's all say it together. Boring. (laughs) If you don't let life surprise you, it becomes very, very boring. And so maybe this is your journey. Maybe this is how you deal with uncertainty. And you're like, Trevor, I'm in this ditch. And that in learning to gain more self-control, maybe you're learning how to release your grip and allow life to surprise you. And I can tell you that there's life to gain with that. Now, I want to pause because I know we've talked about some pretty deep stuff. And this stuff definitely goes deep, but it can act absolutely sneak up on you in some pretty relevant ways. So... I was talking to my wife, who is very practical, very smart, and a consultant. She works for a consulting firm. And she was like, you know, we were just talking about these ideas and where I wanted to take this episode and what I wanted to do with this content. And she goes, Trevor, 
this actually is is uh, a prime example for this is like viewing a consulting team. All right, so let's say you're a project manager for a consulting firm. You have people that are reporting directly to you. You got analysts and associates under you. And then you also report directly to VPs, directors, you know, EVPs, whatever you want to call these people. And as a manager, it's key that you exercise a balanced perspective on control, right? Like your entire role is to ensure the strategy of the project and to make sure that the day-to-day flow of, of work is, is getting done in accordance with that plan. If you take the hands-off approach and are slow to assume the responsibility for your role, it puts strain on everyone else around you to play beyond their role. And in the worst case scenario, the entire project may fall short or fall apart completely because there's no direction, no leadership, and no management. Right? So this under-exercising self-control looks pretty scary in this way. Right? Maybe, maybe on the other hand, if you're the manager that's overextending control beyond yourself, it's going to cause you a ton of stress and demotivate everyone around you. The failure of a project is not entirely dependent on everything that you do as a team. There are factors that you can't control that may help or hurt you. Timing, market conditions, bankruptcy, unreasonable clients. These are all things that are largely out of your control. And if these things freak you out and cause you to take on this perfectionistic mindset and control freak uh, approach, then you wear yourself thin. You cause yourself so much stress for things that you can't really move the needle on anyway. Dwelling on this will only cause you stress and destroy your sense of self over time. So what do we do with all this? Like now I've probably stressed you out even more. You're probably, I don't know what you're thinking, but I want to ask a couple questions and just follow along with me because they're, they're going to lead somewhere. There's a point to these questions. What if you started to believe that you were capable of handling whatever life threw your way and that you actually didn't need to control everything and everyone around you? Good question, Trevor. What if you also started to trust your own voice for yourself and that you assumed the confidence to take responsibility for your own actions and for your own decisions because you weren't afraid of failure or afraid of what other people would think? Now, the last thing I want to do is leave you guys hanging with these big, looming questions and no insights on how to take any practical steps towards a healthy view of self-control. And so what I'm about to suggest is so simple that it it might actually shock you, but I want to submit that this all boils down to self-talk. We almost always act in a way that values self-preservation first. We want to know that we're safe and we have, we all have different ideas on how to achieve this. Maybe it's over-exercising control, maybe it's under-exercising it, whatever it is, but we all want to achieve safety and comfort, and we all, we all go about it in different ways. But the unique thing is that we can actually change how we see the world and respond to it by changing how we talk to ourselves. So I want you to pause. Ask yourself this question. What is your self-control story? 
Which dip, ditch do you fall in? Are you over-exercising control? Really into areas that you can't control at all? Or do you under-exercise it? Are you both from time to time? Are you balanced? Do you have a healthy view? Where are you? And then I want you to think about why. What stories are you telling yourself? And what do these stories say? Do these stories say things about who you are as a person or what you can or can't handle or what the world around you is like? Just take notice of these stories. And I want you to ask yourself if these stories are true. Actually, don't do that because you already believe that these stories are true or else you wouldn't tell it to yourself. So I want you to ask yourself if these are the stories that you want to tell yourself. Are these productive stories for yourself? And then I want you to start telling yourself a better narrative. I want you to start telling yourself that you can trust yourself to take responsibility. You're absolutely an authority and an expert over your own life. You know yourself better than probably anyone around you. I want you to continue on this train of thought. This is a story I want you to start telling yourself. You can also tell yourself that you can learn to let go. You can learn to trust that life is not against you, but life is happening for you. That whatever pops up, whatever surprises you in life, maybe it's painful in the moment, absolutely, but you can handle it. And it's all building towards a better you and a better, thriving, more whole life. These are the stories that I want you to start to tell yourself. And if you do this, I think you'll find balance in self-control. Well, hey, friends, that's what I have for us today. And I want to thank you for tuning in. Seriously, this week, make an effort. What stories are you telling yourself? What's your relationship with control? Are you chronically stressed? Or are you looking at everyone else to make decisions for you? What's your story? Let's start changing the way we talk about ourselves. Let's start changing the, the things that we believe about ourselves. I think it's going to lead to a better quality of life for all of us. Well, I hope you got some value out of this. And if you did at all, please feel free to share with friends, family, anyone that you think needs it. And go ahead and click subscribe. It's a huge help to me. Leave a review. Let me know how you feel about this, what you're thinking, how this is helpful for you. And I'll talk to you next time. Have a good one.